Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In two days of talks, Blinken's main goal was to persuade Chinese officials to resume contact between the two militaries, cut off since August last year. It's less a hotline and more regular engagement, regular uh, communication, so that they understand what we're doing and not doing. But she did not agree. U.S. sanctions on China's defense minister were an excuse for why he refused his phone calls. Yeah, so the conundrum to me is if you got a guy who wants to fight you, you don't want to fight. How do you dictate any terms whatsoever? Aren't you in a constant state of retreat to try to avoid the fight? And he gets to set the pace of everything? Unless you can say confidently, I will fight you, and I will beat you badly. Yeah, fighting me would be a really bad idea. That's about the only hope you got. So many stories, subplots uh, involving China going on right now, and who better to talk to than one of our favorite journalists, Josh Rogan, global opinions columnist for the Washington Post, also a political analyst with CNN. Josh Rogan, how are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me back. Where do you Absolutely, see, our pleasure. Where do you see things as they stand right now? Have we accomplished anything at this point? Yeah, you know, I think, frankly, your opening was, like, refreshingly honest and accurate in a sea of horrendous media coverage of this Blinken visit, you know, which is all centered around the question, which you answered amazingly, to be honest, which is like, wait, why are we doing this again? <laughs> what, do we, what do we hope to accomplish? And how is it that the most important thing in for our secretary of state china policy is getting china to take pick up the phone that's the most important thing and wh- how is how do we understand the fact that the chinese government says they want communication and dialogue and peace and cooperation and mutual respect and win-win solutions and to avoid the cold war that's what they say but then when we're like hey uh do you want to have a phone line 
They're like, no, I'm sorry, we have, we can't go that far. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. We're in this ridiculous moment in our culture, in our society, where everyone is telling us, listen, we really got to make nice with China, which would be great. And we never stop to think, even for one second, that question that you asked, which is like, what if they don't want that? What if they're mm-hmm. not interested in that? What if they're lying? You know what I mean? What if they're telling? Now, to be sure. They don't trust us. We don't trust them. We've given them reasons not to trust us. They've given us reasons not to trust them. Sure. But the Biden administration sent the Secretary of State over there, and they, you know, patted him on the head and sent him packing. That's what happened. And he was like, hey, can we just get a phone line set up, you know, to avoid that conflict that you say you don't want? And they're like, nah. So that should tell you everything you need to know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, the difference between actions and words comes to mind. So we were discussing briefly earlier, Josh, the idea that China has this uh, strategy, very long-term strategy, to dominate the globe, including the United States, and there's really nothing we can do outside of the threat of force to dissuade them. I mean, we we get together for these meetings. They might change their tactics, but not their strategy. Would you agree? Yeah, and not only that, it's not just a military strategy. Like, we're always talking about the South China Sea or what if we go to war with Taiwan. But that's that's important, but that's only one thing. You know, the Chinese strategy is economic and ideological and technological, and, you know, they want to sort of take over all the U.N. bodies so that they can turn them into anti-human rights organizations. And then they want to, you know, tell us to go pound sand when it comes to unfair trade practices and you know, they're using economic coercion all over the region, and all these countries are looking to us, but they're like, what do you got? You have, you have anything to contend with this? And, you know, that I think, you know, right, we can't change China. The hubris that comes from Washington is like, oh, we can make them to be like us. You know, and that's what I think we need to realize is that they're not going to become like us. They're gonna, China's going to develop in its own way, for better or worse. But here's the good news. If there is any, there are a lot of other countries who do want to help us. And there are a lot of countries, especially in Asia, who share our concerns. And this is why, like, when you hear, which you hear, I hear a lot of recently, oh, those Washington China hawks, oh, man, they're getting too, you know, there's too much groupthink and consensus that China's bad and, you know, know, that's going to start the war or something like that. You would, in order to believe that crap, you would have to ignore the fact that there's all these other countries in the world who face the same problem as we are. And when you think about China's rise, it will be the biggest, richest uh, country with the biggest economy and the, probably the biggest, you know, like that'll, that's going to happen. But if we join with, I don't know, the number three one, which is Japan, or the number four one, which is your, you could all of a sudden we get the advantage again. So I mm. think that's really where we should focus our efforts. Interesting. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, the administration was forced to admit news reports that China was putting spying apparatus in Cuba, and now we have the story today, I think it's in the Wall Street Journal, that there is talk of some sort of base or training exercises between China and Cuban, Cuba, which could include Chinese troops in Cuba. How big a deal is this? Right. It's like, oh, man, don't compare this to the Cold War. But wait, they're putting a military base in Cuba. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, it's not exactly the Cold War, but, you know, there's a couple of things that are like kind of remind me of it a little bit, right. you know? And not to mention, you know, the gulags and the communism and the military expansion and the repression and all that stuff. But, I mean, you know, the funny thing about the Biden people is that, you know, anytime they're they're trying to be nice to Beijing, they just don't, they don't want any bad news about China. <laughs> they just deny it as a matter of course. Oh, what about the Chinese visit Cuba? No, oh, we never saw it. I don't know. And then they're like, oh, but 
here it is. Like, oh, well, that wasn't us. That was the Trump administration. They dropped the ball on that. And it's not that bad anyway. It's not a spy base. It's a base that can spy. That's what that was like the latest one. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, it doesn't exist. And they're like, okay, it does exist. But it's not a spy base. It's just a base. And yeah, sure, there are spies there. But that's not the main point of the base. It's really more about, you know, you know, planting turnips. So, you know what I mean? This is the kind of nonsense that they spend their time in meetings at the National Security Council. And, like, you can imagine, like, dozens of emails flying back and forth. They're like, oh, can we say it's a base that spies? Oh, yeah, that'll work. Let's, let's run with that. Okay, send that up. To, you know what I mean? This is what wow. our leaders spend their time worrying about. Okay. Uh, Josh, Josh Rogan, Global Opinions columnist for the Washington Post, is online. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was just going to say, but I don't know. I forgot what I said. Let's go on to the next question. <laughs> I interrupted. It was rude. It was uh, untoward, and I apologize no, no, for no, it. No, 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 no. So, you got to keep the show moving. I get it. we got a lot to get to. Well, and, uh, you know, actually, uh, Jack went on a rant earlier about how we were the beggar. We were on our knees begging China for favors, and they were telling us to go to hell, and I accused him of being a, a jingoist and out of his mind and the rest of it. But, boy, <laughs> judging by your description, that, that, that seems to be the dynamic. But in the fairly limited time we have. Right. What have we learned recently about the origins of COVID-19? How solid is the evidence? Right, right. By the way, I don't think this necessarily means that he's not out of his mind, by the way. Yeah. Uh, All right. Right. Sometimes when you're paranoid, they are after you, you know, as the old saying goes. right? Exactly. But, you know, listen, the evidence keeps mounting that probably likely, very likely, definitely, probably there was some relation between the outbreak of a bat coronavirus that infects humans with the lab in Wuhan next to the outbreak that was studying the bat coronaviruses that infect humans. <laughs> now, colored me shocked, but, and like, like, you know, you know, damn those people who, you know, refused to release this information for three years while people died and then, and people were silent and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's a real crime. The cover up is the crime here. And the Chinese have been covering up the labs since day one. And we never asked, well, why are they covering up the labs? If the labs are innocent, why are they going to make any sense? So, you know, I think, like, now the evidence is piling up. And I think the pressure is on the Biden administration to release the rest of it. They're sitting on the proof. They have it. We don't need to go to China. We don't need to break into the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The proof is in the Biden's hands. And all he has to do is release it, as the law requires him to do. But I don't think they're going to do it for the reasons we just discussed, because it's going to del- disrupt his delicate Friendship with Xi Jinping. That's a tragedy. Well, and I'm the opposite of a conspiracy theorist. I approach virtually everything with a great deal of skepticism. But the evidence seems so clear to me that U.S. funding was intimately involved in the Wuhan Institute. Uh, Anthony Fauci, Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance, all of them were in bed with that lab. And they have been desperate to cover up their culpability for the deaths of millions of people. Agree, disagree, halfway, what? Listen, I, I don't. It's not that we funded the research that started the pandemic. It's that we built the whole laboratory that then took that laboratory and joined it with the Chinese military. And that's where the, you know, the problem likely happened. So we're indirectly responsible. And I say we, all of us, our whole system, which was thought that we could just engage China and work with these nice Chinese scientists and help them play around with that coronaviruses and everything would be hunky-dory. All right, that's a nationwide, government-wide failure that we refuse to acknowledge. Uh, but I think that, yeah, I think increasingly the jig is up. All right. Appreciate your time, man. Yeah. Josh Rogan of the Washington Post. Josh, it's always stimulating. Come on again soon, would you? Anytime. All right. Thanks.
if you know, it all goes back to that that naivete of the twentieth, late twentieth, early twenty first century, where China was going to be our buddy, and we just made so many terrible strategic mistakes, and now people, especially with the deaths of millions of people, have such an interest in pretending they weren't pushing. We that. funded their rise from a yes. backwater living like it was eighteen fifty society to being what they are now to where they can actually threaten us on the globe. <laughs> one of the worst decisions in world history. And from day one, their goal was to threaten us right. on the globe. So this is the headline out today. U.S.-funded scientist among the three Chinese researchers who fell ill. So we've been talking about the three. They, they got numbers one, two, and three people that got the COVID. Researchers in that lab, that nailed down last week or whatever. Well, the news out today is they have identified one of the three was being funded by the United States. So that, I think, could be a big story. Yeah, yeah, but I want to caution everybody. It should just be an incredibly unfortunate coincidence that the first three people to fall sick from COVID-19 worked at the Wuhan Institute. They probably all went out for wet bats at, at the pangolin market, <laughs> got it or, there, or, and brought it back to the lab. Or sexed up the pangolins as South Park is suspect <laughs> if you've had pangolin you won't leave it dangling i don't know oh, just off the top i don't wow. i don't even God know what that means queen, man. yeah man come on so i it's we probably shouldn't make light millions of people are dead but yes it was the wuhan institute and everyone knows it well and but this u.s funding aspect of at least one of the scientists now well that's that's been clear for a long time i mean i've got to read the particulars of that um, I, I don't get quite why that's a headline, because EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Daszak, through the, the NIH and the CDC, have been known to be funding it for years. Will there ever be a reckoning on this whole story? Yes, and it won't be heard by 60% of America because it indicts uh, left media and pol- politicians. I tell you what, people cover up if they got an illegal campaign contribution. You think they're going to cover up the fact that they killed millions of people, then lied so about it? I'm, Till uh, their graves. I'm willing to let Fauci skate. Fine. I don't care. I don't need to punish him. I'd like to, but I don't need to. Let him go live the rest of his old life however he wants. Let's have a national discussion with scientists and policymakers of whether or not we ought to be doing these experiments, these virus experiments. Can they be contained? Or, as I seem to understand, did we think we could contain them? But there's like a half dozen examples, including COVID, of it not working. You develop this thing and it leaks out. If it can't be contained, let's stop doing the experiments. If I'm not allowed to do them in the Western world, these experiments, but I'm convinced to my soul this is the way you prevent the next giant pandemic, I'm going to farm it out to some place that will allow these experiments, as Anthony Fauci, for instance. Um, that's precisely what they did. Well, so far, your effort to stop the next big pandemic caused the biggest pandemic, the second biggest, and maybe in world history. Yeah. Rough. More on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again, a paycheck for life. 
guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Wide-ranging interview that Brett Baer of Fox did with Trump last night that seems to be getting uh, critical acclaim from all quarters because Brett Baer is really good at interviewing people and anybody who thinks Fox News is not real news is stupid and uninformed. Um, But we'll get to that coming up next segment. A lost Van Gogh was found recently. Uh, Like a member of his family or one of his paintings? One of his paintings. I see. It disappeared for a while, now it's back. Anyway, that doesn't matter, but it's worth, and I had never even heard of this one or seen this one, uh, looks like a lot of the other Van Goghs, $61.8 million for this painting. Hmm. That's a lot of money. So I purchased recently the, um, if you've ever seen it when you're at Best Buy or something like that, the Samsung, the frame, it's a TV that looks like it's a painting hanging on the wall, you know those? I actually have one of those. Yeah. And I got the, uh, I got one. I'd been wanting one for a long time, but I finally got it. And I love it. I wish I'd have gotten earlier because you can put whatever art you want on there. And I like art and I like, I really like the idea of being able to change around whatever I want. <laughs> on Father's Day, because it was a crazy day, I put up the scream. I had that as the painting all day long because I said, <laughs> that matches my mood. <laughs> or uh, whatever. But anyway, thinking about Van Gogh, so I, the first painting I put up there was um, uh, one of his Iris's paintings. Uh, a lot of his famous paintings he did a whole bunch of because he painted really fast. And um, the Iris paintings I had just seen days ago at the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. And you get to look at it, you know, your face is a foot away from it, really look at it and see the brush strokes and everything. And it's really, really cool. But so I did a research, a little research on that painting 
finding out that he he painted that like right after he cut his ear off that oh. whole incident. Yeah, and then he checked himself in to a mental facility, and he made like two hundred some paintings in two years. So he's like a painting every couple of days um, of some of his most famous paintings that are worth tens of millions of dollars now. Um, so he was, and then he and then he died, and then uh, uh, that whole thing. But so what I often wonder about is like, as a disturbed individual, or even maybe not a disturbed individual, if he had had a Nintendo Game Boy or an one of the popular antidepressants, or any of a lot of the modern things we have, would he have just not painted anything and just been a dude? Wow, I did not know this is where you were going. What a great question. Uh, and is that it would better have fundamentally worse? changed his art, no doubt. And is that better or worse for the world or him? It would have been better for him. He was miserable his whole life. I'm, I'm sure he would have tra- traded not being miserable for not being, you know, well-known long after he's dead. Who cares? There's a reason happy, contented people don't put out the great art that mankind worships. If you have very little that you need to let out, you will let out very little. I wonder not, one, about the various drugs that we can take, and then two, just about all the distractions. Like, if Eric Clapton had had a Nintendo Game Boy, would he have done that instead? I just I wonder about that all the time with my kids and all kids. Wow, so there are Eric's Clapton and Vans Go just staring at Game Boys. Right <laughs> staring at their it's Nintendo disturbing. Switch, playing, mm. uh, playing Zelda instead of doing making any art. I don't know, I always wonder about right. that. Armstrong and Getty. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today the armstrong and getty show they take the papers they have thousands and thousands obama had it nixon had it carter had Their it the bushes had these it. are super sensitive national security oh, documents i'm sure, I'm sure, All right, so here's, I'm sure you'll see is, real super sensitive that biden has because biden is, has far more than anybody's ever kept I thought that was the best interview that I've seen with Trump in a very, very long time. Brett Baer was great on Fox, and Trump was on his game, so I thought it was uh, pretty interesting all the way around. And also, we'll get to a clip where, according to Jonathan Turley and other legal people, it uh, first of all, it has already been announced that things Trump says doing interviews are admissible in court, and it looks like Trump threw out a slightly different defense last night that will be uh, a big deal for the actual case and he either did it just off the top of his head or it's a strategy he came up with his lawyers who knows wow that's an intriguing question yeah brett bear is an absolutely terrific interviewer he's uh, always prepared he's 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 unintimidated by anybody and um he knows just how far to push i think how far to keep asking a question until it becomes clear the person's evading? Then he thinks, all right, that's clear enough, and he moves on, yeah. which is really good at that. So here's a question lots of people have been asking. Why did you have this very sensitive national security defense documents, like the war plans for a strike on Iran? So like every other president, I take things out. And in my case, I took it out pretty much in a hurry, but people packed it up and we, we left. And I had clothing in there. I had all sorts of personal items in there, much, much stuff. And by the way, when Bill Barr, who's, you know, a coward, Bill Barr was a coward. Bill Barr didn't do what he was supposed to do. I fired him, and he has great hatred, and that's okay, because some people do. He and some people resigned. love me very much. He didn't resign. I, w- I asked him, give me a letter immediately, because he didn't have the courage to go after so many different things, and you and I have discussed it before. But he was a coward. They actually went through a, a whole bunch of the... Um people that have turned against him and who would he hire for his next administration that was kind of an interesting conversation oh yeah i can't wait to watch the whole thing yeah it's interesting but here we go so why'd you keep the iran document because bill barr's a coward well he doesn't he's doesn't know that he had the iran document which is part of the new uh-huh. legal defense that he gets into here say on this on tape it says just the opposite that you can't declassify so why have it when i said when i said that i couldn't declassify it now that's because i wasn't president i i never made any bones about that when i'm not president i can't declassify that's what you said you didn't declassify it i said no no i said i couldn't i could have that wasn't a document brett there was no document that was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about iran and other things and it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying what the indictment says. Well, they, the recording people, and the look, people in the room who these testified. These people are very dishonest people. They're thugs. They're thugs. If you look at what they've done, 
to other people, what they've done to, and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court. These are thugs. So that now fairly famous section of the indictment that we read on the air last week where he's talking to a couple of authors who are going to write a book and it sounded like he was talking about a classified document that he held up about that you know Iran attack plans and look this is secret and uh but it was Millie's idea not mine he was on a different topic he's now suggesting those were newspaper articles magazine articles he has no document he said there I don't think there's any document in there about Iran anywhere so at some point Wow, I, I will give him credit for being impossible to pin down. Oh, he's really good at that. I he he just... leads the discussion in so many weird places. You're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. How can I follow up? <laughs> he's good at that. But so that was seen as a shift in the defense from um, I have the ability to declassify or, you know, all that different sort of stuff to it. I didn't even have it. That's not what I was talking about. I was talking about a newspaper article. So whether that comes up actually in the courtroom or not, or they have to bring in the authors to say, oh, what did he hold up? Did he hold up? Did it look like it was a government document? Was he holding up a magazine article? Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they're hurrying the trial up. or The judge is certainly trying. If you weren't listening earlier, the whole, uh, oh, yeah, he and his attorneys, they're going to drag this out as long as they can. That's what he always does, at least till after the election, blah, blah, blah. It's not the way it's shaping up so far. Right. And now whether or not it can happen before the election, still an open question. Now you make the call. Any more on the documents or you want to go on to some of the policy Whatever stuff? you want. I've you know, that, that felt, felt like that was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Let's let's go with uh, 36. Would you go to war to defend Taiwan? I don't Taiwan? want to say that because that hurts me in negotiations with regard to President Xi. Now, he knows what I do. And by the way, for four years, they didn't invade Taiwan. And they never even talked about it. You'll find very few discussions about it. And for four years, Russia never even thought about it. Because Putin and I had a very good relationship, business relationship. But I got along with him, and he got along with me, despite the phony Russia witch hunt, which made it much more difficult. Having that phony Adam Schiff, Hillary Clinton witch hunt for two and a half years going on made it much more difficult. Despite that, he knew he could not go into Ukraine. I told him very strongly, you can't do it. And if you do it, it's going to be a problem. And he never did. A perfectly reasonable question for Brett Baer or anybody else to ask. If you were president and China attacked Taiwan, would we defend them? But also a perfectly reasonable question to not answer, because that's you just I, that, I heard Henry Kissinger talking about this one time about how the media makes any sort of negotiations or diplomacy so so difficult, and he used the example of love interests. If somebody could run to her over there and say, "If he asks you out, what are you going to say?" and then you run back to him, she says, "If you ask her out, you would say, I mean, because you can't. That's not the way things work." Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as weird and ridiculous and evasive as I found his questions on the document stuff, I thought that was a perfectly reasonable answer. I'm not going to tell you. Um, let's see. Oh, little North Korea talk, 37. When I took office, everyone assumed we were going to war with North Korea, including President Obama. He said, the single biggest problem we have in the world today is North Korea. I said, have you called him? And I got sort of a mixed answer. The answer is he did call, but Kim Jong-un wouldn't see them, okay? Tough guy, smart guy, tough guy. I got along with him, and there was no threat. I did an amazing job. That would have been a war. If, if 
Obama would have stayed or if Hillary Clinton would have been in a little bit longer, if they would have extended his term miraculously, but if Hillary Clinton would have gone, you would have had a nuclear war with North Korea. And by the way, you're, you're possibly very close right now. This is the most dangerous time in the history of our country. You're possibly very close to having a nuclear war with Russia. A unique man. I'm not, I don't know how much any of those kind of things are going to play a role in uh, in the election. I don't know. I don't know. Our politics are so weird right now. And they're so personality driven. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how much of it hinges on policy declarations or hinting one way or another. Well, if, like, nuclear holocaust man or not nuclear holocaust is not an important enough issue to distract from, like, tribalism and personalities, uh, I want to get into sports talk and hope the mushroom cloud is over there and not over here. (laughs) (coughs) Man, these are weird times. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. You're absolutely right, Elon. You know, the New York Times has a uh, piece out today about the gigantic deal uh, Trump and the Trump Corporation are doing with uh, Oman with Saudi funding to build a huge resort golf course city thing. It's billions and billions of dollars Um, and and how weird and uh, conflict of interesty that would be if Trump became president again. and that it would be. I mean, number one, the lefty media would melt down and wet their pants, which would be amusing to watch once again. Um, but we don't. We've never had a president who had billions of dollars of business with foreign governments before. Right. How do you sort that out? Well, he'll recuse himself and have uh, Don Jr. and Eric and I don't. Is Ivanka involved in the family business still? I don't remember. I, don't I know, know she's out of politics, but anyway, uh, he'll seal himself off and just let Don Jr. run it. I just. It's unprecedented. It, it's, it wouldn't be easy to sort out. Have you been following the latest example of the evils of climate change? Because one of them, their guards at Buckingham Palace that wears the big black furry hat. It seems like they should have a summer hat. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to wear that giant Marge Simpson's hair-like black furry hat. On my head when it's 100 degrees outside and the uniform and everything like that. But one of those guys that marches around. Go with a white hat or a a sailor cap. That's a a jaunty look. He fell over in the heat, collapsed on the ground. A bunch of people come running over. And And we're uh, supposed to be blaming climate change for that? Right. And not the fact that maybe he got all lit up last night and was dehydrated. I mean, could be a lot of different things. Could make you pass out or eat some bad clams or who knows what. Well, that's been happening on and off since I was a little kid. Oh, yeah? Those guys passing out in the summer heat. Really? Yeah. This guy just... Luckily, he didn't hit his head because he's wearing that giant furry thing. Right, right. It's a questionable look. After work, do they wear that out to the pubs? Maybe chicks dig it. I don't know. Hmm. That reminds me, uh, before we take a break, so we're watching The Simpsons the other day, and there's an old, my kids just love The Simpsons, which I like because they're constantly quoting it, and I can quote it to them and everything like that, but there's, a, uh, there's an episode where um, Homer goes to camp as a kid. It's a, like a looking back in time, and he goes to camp as a kid, and of course, all the characters 
from the current timer back at the camp. And right. uh, and Moe's there as a kid also. Anyway, Homer accidentally does something. I don't remember what it is, but he jabs himself in the eye at, right before he's going to meet Marge at the girls' camp. And uh, jabs himself in the eye and has to wear an eye patch. And he's worried that she won't like him. <laughs> and Moe said, that's okay. Uh, girls actually like that sort of thing. Scars. Patches. Stumps. <laughs> Oh, what? what? My kids laughed so hard. They watched that like 10 times in a row. Girls like scars, patches, stumps. Mo, Mo. dark, even as a child. And and socially not well-fitted. No, and I, I, find, mean, and I find it yeah. amusing that this 30-year-old show is so amusing to my young, you know, everything's got to be cool and hip kids. They just they love The Simpsons. And yeah. apparently all their friends do, too, because they talk about it and everything like that. It's Timeless. like it's like what Gilligan's Island was for me, I guess. You know, old reruns of a show that had you know been on yeah, years before for adults, but the kids just Yeah, although Gilligan's Island was like late 60s, right? Mhm. And then I, I watched mean, it years later in reruns. Um and that's what they're doing with The Simpsons and then that's that's their go-to show when they come home from school or whatever is to watch an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, but what I'm saying is The Simpsons was birthed 25 years before they were even born. Oh, yeah. And it's it's remained consistent. Not every single episode is great, but consistently really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got much more on the way. You can join in on the text line anytime you want. 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Pretty major update, I think, on a story of the day today. Earlier today, it was breaking news that Hunter Biden has pled guilty to some tax stuff and a gun stuff and everything like that. And People were making a big deal out of that. I'm not exactly sure why, unless you just like someone with the last name Biden going down, because I'm not sure it has any relationship to his dad. That stuff. But that came from Hunter Biden's own lawyer, Christopher Clark, who said that it was his understanding that the DOJ probe was resolved. Okay, well, now the Department of Justice has said the Hunter Biden probe is ongoing, according to the U.S. attorney who is leading the investigation. So Hunter pled guilty to some stuff. Fine. But the overall probe, which could involve his dad, obviously, is ongoing. So relax. Right. Scads and scads of money from foreign uh, entities, et cetera, that his dad had supervisory, you know, responsibilities. Right. Right. Because it was portrayed earlier in the day that, you know, so that's that. And uh, we'll never know. Interesting. Hmm. So speaking of ways to make a living, this headline caught my eye. Return to office enters the desperation phase. According to the New York Times, the next stage of getting workers back at their desks uh, away from remote work uh, includes incentives like $10 to the charity of their choice. $10. And consequences like poor performance evaluations if they don't make the trek in. Well, and they give a bunch of examples. Go ahead. That, that's consequential. You know, a poor evaluation that might cost you your job is, you know, a pretty big stick. Not much of a carrot to offer bucks to the charity of your choice which by the way is seven dollars in 2019 money 
Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So they did a poor job of explaining that. It's actually uh, for a 10-day period, it will give $10 per day on behalf of any employee who comes into the office. Okay, so 100 fine, U.S. dollars, Jack. How, how much are you going to change your life for your, your company donated 100 bucks to a charity for you? So they, uh, very little. So they start, how about I I just donate the $100 and I just don't come into the office because I, I hate it. And I continue to work in my underwear from home. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so they give the example of this chief executive of a Seattle-based AI sales company. He has to repeat himself over and over again. Uh, the engineers remind him of their commutes. The working parents remind him of school pickup times. And he replies over and over again, being near each other makes us work better. We get better ideas. We can interrupt each other in person like we can't on a Zoom call. The ideas come much more quickly, blah, blah, blah. But for tens of millions of office workers, it's been three years of scatter, scattershot plans for returning to in-person work, summoning people in, not really meaning it, pretty much everybody pretty much working wherever they pleased. Now, for the umpteenth time, businesses are ready to get serious. Yeah. Wave of companies called workers back this spring and summer. Disney said four days a week. Amazon swung with three, prompting a walkout from its corporate workers. Meta and Lyft are saying now September, we're all coming back. Others have devised other tactics, blah, blah, blah. Google, which has asked most workers to be in the office three days a week, announced that performance reviews could take into account lengthy, unexplained absences from the office. So originally the story was people are actually more productive from home, and this has just hastened something that was going to happen anyway. Is now the story we got to try the experiment, it doesn't work, and it'll never happen? Huh. That's an interesting question. I think a hybrid thing is developing as as the best way to go forward. It's like, here, here's a metaphor for you. You turn your kids loose in the mall and you tell them, you each know what you want. Go find the best deal on the best product. And for the first hour, it goes great. Then four hours later, when you haven't seen them, and God knows what they're up to, and now they're buying stuff they don't need with your credit card, and it's just, you need to check in. You know, and, and it's so funny, it's so typical of media wanting to leap to some giant conclusion about some societal change. You know, the, the answer to all that stuff, uh, it, it, more productivity, blah, 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 the answer to all that stuff's got to be, let's see, let's see how it evolves, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Um. The 9 to 5 workday is dead, wrote Salesforce in a 2021 memo. An immersive workspace is no longer limited to a desk in our towers, blah, blah, blah. Well, it was very much alive on a recent Monday in Salesforce Tower in New York as a hum of activity filled the 41-story building. Uh, workforce is really, immer- I'm sorry, Salesforce has really uh, embraced. you got to come back to the office. Interesting. And they know better than I do what's most productive. Yeah. Yeah. Scattered throughout the office, Jack, you ought to work for Salesforce because I know how much you love this sort of thing. Scattered throughout the office were the company's animal mascots. Brandy the Fox represents marketing. Astro the astronaut sat behind a piano in the 41st floor lounge. Cody the bear stood guard near the developers. So each department has an animal mascot. Isn't that great? They have an actual bear? (laughs) I'm not sure that that might motivate me. (laughs) <laughs> motivation to run <laughs> no i believe it is bestuffed <laughs> okay oh so anyway i just I, have that I, paper I, in by thursday at three or we're releasing a bear 
DocuSign, which has 6,500 employees spread across the globe, became a poster child for the lurching back and forth over return to office planning. And they go into their uh, uh, ups and downs and the employees just saying, nah, uh. Wow, that is really interesting. If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.